0: you void, but your word shall return, shall bring every result and every intent that God has as he speaks his word this morning. I thank you that your word is powerful, active and alive, sharper than any double-edged sword. Your word is able to pierce unto the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, for in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God himself. As we listen to your word, we are being formed, we are being made we are being regenerated into a new species and I thank you for the power of your word this morning into every heart that's listening in Jesus mighty name somebody say amen Amen. give God a hand somebody as we listen to the word (laughs) character traits that don't suit marriage self-serving character traits self-serving character traits somebody say self-serving character traits Marriage is like an omelette that requires the blending of two or more eggs. And not only just blending, but the death of each egg. And it goes through burning and blending in order for it to be eatable. Unless the eggs are burnt and blended together, the omelette will never be nice. Therefore, as you eat that omelette, you can never tell which part came from which egg. You simply enjoy an omelette. And so is a relationship and marriage. Marriage promises us a lot of goodies and a lot of niceties. But in exchange of those nice things, we also need to hand in and hand over certain things out of us. It does not just come as a free ride. There's a lot of things we also need to give in. Glory be to God. Yo, it's nice to be a guest speaker. You know the attention you get? If you're a in the house, everybody's so used to your voice. <laughs> they don't say, mm, mm, yo, yo. <laughs> Glory be to God. I caught you, I caught you. Like a covenant, marriage is a matter of give and take. You cannot expect to get without giving. Marriage comes with what I call obligations as well as rights. You will not have access to your rights unless you know your obligations in marriage. Neither will you have your expectations met unless you know your duties. So it's a matter of duties with expectations. It's a matter of obligations with rights. It's a matter of give and take, and you need to understand that. But also, may I present to you this morning that marriage does not begin during the wedding day. Marriage begins at the relationship phase. And I want to, you to get me this morning that you, you should not wait for your wet, wet, wedding day in order to understand what I'm talking about. You will actually see if you have a marriage right now in your relationship. Right now, you can tell from what I'm going to teach whether you do have a marriage coming up or you will have a downfall coming up. Marriage, like a child, it's not formed at the birth. A child is formed at conception. By the time the child is born, the child is already a complete human being. It's a matter of development. But everything is already within that little tiny thing that weighs three or two or two and a half kgs. Everything is within that. Therefore, your relationship, it's a prototype of your marriage. If you're in a relationship now, you can tell what type of a husband you will have. It's not like he's going to become a better person after he married you. If if he's a bad guy right now in your relationship, he will be a bad guy in your marriage. The inception of your marriage begins with your relationship. Is somebody listening to me? The makeup of a relationship does not differ much from the actual marriage in many respects. Therefore, the things that break up a relationship are the same things that will break up and ruin a marriage. What you are. When you are single, is what you will be when you are married. There is nothing that the marriage will change in you. You are actually bringing yourself into the marriage. Whatever you are now, you are bringing into the marriage. It's not like the marriage will make you a better person. Is somebody with me this morning. May I also present to you that marriage is the most growing up act one can ever undertake, especially a man. Because women were born married. Women were born married. That's why they practice marriage all their lives. <laughs> women understand marriage way before they're they are even married. That's why when you study scripture, Genesis chapter 2, I like studying scripture. I study a lot. If you study Genesis chapter 2, you find a lot of phrases such as the man and his wife. Not the husband and the wife. Read, is there in your Bible? Many times scripture will say, The man and his wife. Is there in Genesis chapter 2? All the way, even in Genesis chapter 3, even when God was evicting him out of the garden, the Bible refers to the man and his wife, not the husband and the wife. The wife was was born a wife. Adam had to become a husband. By the time she was made by God, she was a wife. By the time she showed up before Adam, she was already a wife. That's why the Bible says, he that findeth a wife. It doesn't say he that finds a woman and then marries her to become a wife. By the time he finds you, you're already a wife. So, for for most of us as men, Marriage is the most growing up act we have to do. That's why the Bible says, for this reason a man, no, not a woman, a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife, meaning the wife is ready to be joined. Is the man that has a problem with leaving his mother and father. That's why you still have men who marry women and go stay in the background of their home. Glory be to God. I'm not too harsh to man. I'm just teaching. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. And I understood as a child. I also thought as a child. Three things. I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I also thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Look at that verse. It doesn't say when I became a man, childish things go away. It doesn't say when I became a man, childish things just get destroyed. It says when I became a man, I put away. In other words, there is a possibility that even when you have become a man, you still carry with you childish things unless you put them away. Unless you deliberately, consciously, out of your conscious mind, get rid of everything that is childish and so is marriage as i've said to you marriage is the most growing up act you can ever undertake as a human being it requires a lot of maturity marriage is for mature and not old people there is a lot of old people who are not necessarily mature there's a lot of old men who are not necessarily mature men age does not guarantee maturity i've taught this for many years Age is simply an opportunity to mature. But it does not guarantee that during the opportunity you did make effort to learn and build your character to become someone we can consider to be matured. So you could have heard 46 years in this world, but you still don't know what a 21-year-old knows. That's why you can behave as a child when you're supposed to be a man you got to learn how to get rid of childish ways. Things that are done by children. And that's what I'm teaching about this morning. Character traits that are childlike, that make marriages not to succeed and to, to survive. We were all born single. We were all born master and miss. All of us. Amen? There is no code of conduct for single people. There is no expectations on a single person. Because all of us were born. Our default position as humans is a single position. We are all born. There is nothing much you have to do to acquire singlehood. Like there is no school you have to attend in order to become single. You are born single. Singleness is not an achievement. It's a default state of all of us. It's, it's, there is nothing you have to learn about being single except to become a quality single person that that's what we teach on 101 but nevertheless being single it's just a default position of everyone am i teaching someone this morning but listen to me marriage is a different ball game marriage is another level it is the only qualification where you get your certificate before you sit down for the exam It is the only license you are given before you are tested. As to whether you will crush the car or not, we don't know, but we trust that you are aware of what you are doing and therefore we give you a certificate and we say, go and test. After you have been qualified. Therefore, there is a particular way of behaving when you are married. There is a particular way of living when you are married. There is just like there is a particular way you carry yourself when you're a president. All of us are civilians, but the moment you become a president, you can't talk anyhow. You, you can't just pick up the microphone. <laughs> you, you can't. A president carries a lot of power. Therefore, he cannot just open his mouth without first thinking. There is a way you carry yourself when you are a president, just like there is a way you carry yourself when you are a soldier. Paul speaks about that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. As, where, as he speaks, he says, you cannot involve yourself in civilian matters when you are a soldier. Because you have to please the one that enlisted you in the army you got to be aware of the general, and therefore the way you carry yourself as a soldier. A civilian is a civilian. A civilian can do whatever a civilian wants to do, but not a soldier. There is a code of conduct for soldiers, just like an athlete. You can't carry yourself around as anybody when you're an athlete. You can't eat ipapa just like everybody's eating E when you know you have a race to run. You are very careful as to what you eat. You are careful as to what you feed your your body because you are aware of the kind of person that you have become. So is marriage. It requires a certain level of caring yourself. You cannot be anyhow when you are a pastor. There is a certain way of caring yourself. You, you can tell no man, but there's something wrong with with that man. Like if he's a pastor, you look, but but. <laughs> like some presidents, you, when a certain president speaks, but this man is not presidential. He has the title, but he does not have the aura, the charisma that comes with the office. There is a way you carry yourself when you're a pastor. Paul speaks about that in the book of, of, of Timothy, he speaks about that in the book of Titus, he also speaks about that in First Corinthians 4 two. That it is required of every steward to be found faithful. And stewards, they are That's what James says, not all of us should teach because the judgment level and standards of those who are teaching is very high. Don't rush to be a teacher because of, of teachers shall be required a higher standard. Even the congregation requires a higher standard. And don't complain as a pastor when they your standard is higher than theirs. But <laughs> We are just members, so we, we are excused, but not our past. <laughs> Glory be to God. You can't be everything at the same time. There's a way you carry yourself as a wife. There's a way you carry yourself as a husband. Joseph understood this as I begin to teach the ten character traits that I want you to learn joseph understood this as he got out of prison the bible says he did the following as as pharaoh called him to the king when the king calls you it's a different ballgame together and joseph understood the bible says number one he shaved somebody say he shaved he got rid of an image that represents an image of a prisoner he got rid of the clothes that were meant for prisoners He also got rid of any stench and any smell that he could have been carrying as a prisoner. He took a bath. He changed. He shaved. He put on new clothes because now he's going to see a king. There is a different code of conduct when you're before the king. You can't just appear like anyhow and anything. You have to dress up. So is marriage. You need to dress up for your marriage. You need to dress your character for your marriage. You need to prepare yourself for your marriage. Is somebody listening to me, There is a way, no matter how and whatever, whoever you may be, there is a way. you got to understand. So there are what I call non-marriage character traits that you need to be aware of. Non-marriage. You know, I couldn't find a better word. Non-marriage character traits that you need to be aware of. Character. In other words, this is about your spirit, man. It's about your being. Because behavior comes out of character. You behave the way you behave because your character exudes that kind of behavior. Is somebody with me this morning? You can change your life by changing your character and the way you think. Look at this man in John 5 verse 7 when he says, I have no man. When Jesus says, do you want to be healed? He says, I have no man. I have no man. And everybody right now says, I have no man. I'm talking to single people. I have no man. I have no man. But look at what Jesus said. Do you really want to be healed? He's trying to say the reason why you don't have no man is got to do with you. That's why he says, Do you want to be healed? And he says, I have no man. In other words, do you have man friendly personality? Can men survive around your personality? Can can men be comfortable around your personality? Who I want to teach this morning. Number one, character trait that you need not carry into marriage or it will not allow you to move into marriage. Number one, pride pride. When you are prideful. I didn't want to say when you are proud because that has another connotation. So, I want to say when you are prideful. Somebody say prideful. The first ever sin committed by by the devil or by any being in this world was pride. Nothing else. Satan did not do anything else but to be proud. And this is what the Bible says always that God hates pride Oh, proud people, no. God hates the arrogant. or he hates arrogance. But if you talk about grace, grace people won't allow me to use, as the Bible speaks it, God hates the proud. He will say, God hates the pride. Okay, so let me be grace correct. God hates pride. God hates an arrogant personality. And if you are a proud person, you may just have problems with marriage. I want to say it clear to you that it comes with humility to be a married person. And I wrote earlier in the week, I said, pride is not always a function of what people have or possess, but it is rather a function of the size of their head to themselves. The bigger your head, the smaller your body becomes. You will have problems. You will crush because your body cannot carry a bigger head. When you have a bigger head that is bigger than your heart, you will not survive this life when you think you're better than people, when you think you're better than your spouse, you think you're better than even your, your partner, you always you're always the one who corrects, you're always the one who, who knows better. You're you're the google of this life. She can't even suggest anything. When she opens her mouth, you you think she has she's stupid. Just just, just shut up, baby. When you are that kind of a character, listen to me. You will not enjoy marriage. Neither will you have one if you are yet to be married. Marriage requires a humble person. That's why we said last week, and we keep on talking that the most Christian place to be, where the the place that tests your Christian character the most is marriage. Umshado will calibrate you, you know, calibration to the right level. Umshado will humble you. And one of the things you need to learn is to humble yourself. Am I teaching well? Am I still teaching well? Therefore, when you feel you don't need a man, and that's the most dangerous thing. One of the reasons why most people are, are still single is when they feel they don't need a man. I don't need a man. I don't need a woman. By the way, marriage is for those who need a person. If you don't need a person, you will never survive in marriage. I am married because I need my wife. And I want to put it that plainly. I am married because I need my wife. She is married to me because she needs me. Marriage is for those who need another. Pride will make you feel like I can do life on my own. I have everything I need, therefore I don't need a man. Who said so? Your car can do certain things to you. I don't care how many degrees you have, they will not touch you in certain places. It doesn't matter what objects and things you may try and bring in your space, you still need the baritone voice that says, baby, I love you. But pride will make you feel like you have made it in life and you don't need no man in your life or you don't need no woman in your life. Who said so? You were made by God. You didn't make yourself. And God has placed a vacuum within you that needs a person to fit within that vacuum. But you got to deal with this thing called pride within yourself. There are three causes of pride. Three. Three sources of pride. Three. Number one, things and possessions. In kinga lent. Utaban banezinto. In kinga. I have seen women divorcing as soon as they got a job. But all along, they were willing to endure the pain, whether, whether it's abuse or whether it's all sorts of things. They were willing to enjoy it because when they look outside, there's no options. <speaking in Spanish> but the moment they have money, oh, I think, I think I so the, the, the sorts of pride, number one, is possessions. Number two is knowledge. Paul says be aware of the puffing effect of knowledge. Be aware the more you know the more troublesome you may become. It is important to know but knowledge must never be your source of pride. People who know too much are a problem. Before <laughs> And then baba as daughter like I. And therefore knowledge can be a problem as much as knowledge is a blessing, but knowledge can be a source of pride, and we need to be aware. Number three, fitness or beauty. And beauty applies to women. Fitness applies to men. Beautiful women, if you are not aware, your beauty can be a source of pride in your family. Where you keep telling your husband, "Mean I can leave you. I can find a man next door. I can find a man any day. I'm too beautiful. They will marry me. Same time when I get out, until you don't have a leg, <laughs> until you had an accident and your leg is broken, you'll be humbled. You won't be saying, "Yeah, I can find a man anytime. You say you hold on to that marriage. So beauty can be a source of pride. So is fitness. Am I taught? When I was this strong, I can marry a woman anytime. I can have a girl now. Yeah, everything is still working. Wait until the machine packs up. The generator packs up. It's full of oil. Can't pump oil anymore. Can't move. You will be humbled. You'll be so humble. You, you yeah, sugar issues will make you, put you in the right place. Put you in the right place. You hold on to your Magogo. Amen. You hold on to your wife. Can't say, Yeah, I'm in no meaning right. Hey, because of these things, so these are sources of pride that people are struggling with. And be careful not to use these things to destroy your own marriage. You may just lose your possession as soon as you leave that marriage. And whatever it is that makes you proud, you even lose your job because you are so proud because of your job and you leave that marriage. Hey. Watch the space, God is watching. One of the things that most married people are lacking is the skill of negotiation. The skill of Facebook. But during our time, you you have to, you know, and if it's all about begging. It's, it's that, That's part of humility. And even when she's within your yard, you still have to continue with that character as a man. You've got to have the skill of begging. Otherwise, you will sleep hungry, brother. Somebody hears me over there. Gotta have the skill of begging. But when you have pride, you cannot beg. Beggars. I mean, pride, proud people don't beg. Abatele. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, 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 it's a tragedy Tragedy to have two proud people together in one house. Where nobody knows the other. I had to grow in my own marriage. Mama was always matured in this particular area. And she had to Had been patient with me over the years where I had to become a more patient person, where I had to become a more humble person and learn and she she would beg me I would sit for a day and not speak for an entire day because of my pride and I had to learn and she would write a nice message and I would not even respond I would just keep quiet because I'm hurt I'm hurt, I'm hurt I'm hurt, I'm hurt I had to grow up in that area and learn to be humble and swallow my pride pride will make you not eat your food for a whole week brother Mm, I don't want don't want your food whatever food it is glory be to God yeah until hunger hits you hard you remember home like the prodigal son the bible says hunger hit him hard until he remembered home and <laughs> Oh, Lord, the things that married people do. Lord, have mercy. Ten signs, ten signs, ten signs. What are the signs of the proud person? Number one, refusal to say I'm sorry. When you're not willing to say I'm sorry. Number two, difficulty to, to forgive. Even if the person says I'm sorry, when I, yeah, yeah, I will talk to you later. Yes, you are sorry, but yeah. So number one, refusal to say I'm sorry, but number two, difficult to, to forgive. Number three, always right. You are never wrong. You always have ways and words. You are like a lawyer. You speak your way out all the time. You are in a court of law. Is, there, is this a marriage or is it a court of law? <laughs> You pull out books of law and books of theology and philosophy and psychology, put them together. Every issue. Even when you are wrong, just says, I'm sorry. You still have to bring up all sorts of excuses. So one of the things that we see that you are full of the spirit of pride is when you're always right. Number four, refuse to recognize or respect authority. Be aware, even in your relationship, these things don't apply only in a marriage. Also in your relationship stage. If your partner does not apologize. He will do the same in marriage. And he needs to be aware that unless you are humble, you can never have marriage. Marriage and pride don't mix. Choose one. Which one you want. Marriage is for humble people, brother. I can tell between the Moshabas, one of them had to apologize and the other also had to. It's not him alone. She had to apologize at some stage. He had to apologize. How many times did you apologize? Many times. You can't even count. If you have not apologized, you don't have a marriage. You have a slavery. Your wife is not a wife, she's a slave. Number five, can't beg. I've already mentioned you can't beg. You can't even ask for help. Umuzi utlomtumtumara kapi pride ngoba one pride Young right, <laughs> right. Baba mar, baba 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 Young Right, right, right. baba Pride. You have need. You know when you have pride, you won't even tell your closest of friends that you're having problems. You gotta you gotta let go of pride. Number six everything is personal to you. Everything. Even if even things that are not personal, it's personal. You take offense easily and you have a high sense of self importance. Does he know who I am? I mean, that does not apply in marriage. Does that does do we have a wife that still asks her husband, do you know who I am? I mean, that's not a marriage. That's a corporate world or some kind. It's an office or it's a court of law. Yeah. Do you know who I am? High sense of importance. You can't talk to me like that. High sense of importance. You can't see good in others. You always see mistakes in your partner. You always see wrong things in your partner. Even the little good things that your partner is trying to do, you see mistakes. You even embarrass them. Even when they're trying hard. And these are signs of pride that God says you need to be aware of. Number two, oh, before I say that, the scripture says pride goes before destruction. Pride goes before destruction. In other words, if if you want to know whether there's destruction coming up, you will see by pride. Pride is a messenger. It is a forerunner of a downfall. When you see pride, know that there's a downfall on the way. Just like when you see clouds and a bit of wind, know that rain is on the way. The wind is a messenger. So is pride to a downfall. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humbling spirit will retain honor. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom, the word of God says. Number two, trait that you need to be aware of. I'm not sure if time will allow me to finish this, but let me teach anyhow. Number two, are you ready? Selfishness. Selfishness. If you are selfish, marriage is not for you. Marriage is for generous people. Amen. so if you are single, I'm preparing you if you are a stingy person, get rid of your stingy tendencies if you are married, before your marriage marriage, marriage is over get rid of your stingy tendencies, because whatever area stingy you on, someone will be feeding that area And when you discover the feeding, you will break down. Because you are stingy and you're not generous. Marriage is not for selfish people. The word selfish is is based on the word self. Self-serving character, self-centeredness, the lack of consideration for other people. I spoke about the ten selves the other day when I spoke about giving your will to the Lord. Self-will, self-preservation, self-love, self-improvement, self-importance, self-esteem, self-image, self-interest, self-reliance, which are very good words that we need to build ourselves on. But you need to be aware that once these words, even self ease self ease amen, but once these words come, Coagulate and become what I call selfishness, they become stenchy. They become stenchy. They start to smell. Look at the word selfish. It's the same as selling fish. Sell fish. Sell Utaisa. Utaisa? In class. I'm a fish. You are selling fish. Have you met a guy who sells fish and catches them all day? They smell exactly like fish. And does fish smell good unless it's been cooked? Mm mm. So selfishness is tenchy. But selfishness is stenchy. If we have a selfish person in marriage, we have a content, all right. It doesn't smell good. It doesn't make you look good. As a matter of fact, when you were born as a child, you had one trait within you. Every child, unless God has really put grace in you, but generally, children are selfish. The first words of a child, mostly, it's mine. Kiaga, Kiaga, mine, mine. Am I telling the truth? mine 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 that's what paul says when i was a child i thought i spoke i behaved like a child but when i grow up i let go of childish ways such as mine 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 this is my car this is my chair yeah that's my bed don't forget i bought this bed hey really are you really married or you are putting things together You still remind your wife that you are the one who bought the house. Mine. It's my house. It's mine. 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 Those are babies. Those are kids that talk like that. In marriage, the two shall become one. Genesis 2.24. The two shall become You can't tell who is who. The two have become one. You need to be generous. You need to be a giver into your marriage. The Bible says Luke six thirty-eight. that two I mean give and it shall be given unto you. A good measure press it down shaken together running over shall man give back to you with the same measure that you give it shall be measured back to you. Whatever you give you get back and you get it a lot. It's piled up. It is compacted. It's given back. When you want love in your marriage you must give love. When you want recognition in marriage you must give recognition. When you want respect you need to give respect. Whatever Whatever you want you have to give it's about giving you must be willing to be the last and not the first in your marriage spouses and partners that always want to be first don't qualify for marriage you want to be first always you want to have the best car regular phone Lord have mercy. You got to be willing to be last. Always willing to be last. I've always made sure the car that I want, I must first buy my wife. The car that I want, I must first buy my wife. And then I'll buy mine later. So so, so you can tell the car that I want by checking the car she drives. Then you can tell the car that I want. Even if it takes me two, three years, I will get it. But she's always first. That's why God blesses me. She's always first. She has the best phone. She has a better phone than my phone. And that makes me feel good. Because that's Christian. That's God-like. That's Jesus-like. That's how Jesus would do it. He would lay down his life for the church so that the church may have life. And that's how you do it. Willing to serve in order to be served. You must be the one who serves first. Sometimes you must say, wife, I'm going to cook. Even if it's just pop and place, it's okay. But I'm going to cook for you. Yeah? Sit down. Or I'm going to take you out. Because you've been cooking for us the entire week. I want you also to rest and let us Take care of you. You must always be willing to serve, willing to give in order to get. That's the life of a married person. Marriage is about giving in, giving up, and giving all. I want to repeat that. Marriage is about giving in, giving up, and giving all. If you are not interested in giving, forget about marriage. <laughs> My son figured he'll have an appetite. Ukoshwe iwalate. At kipangzo bingubuisel malia. Aisabu inokbuyalomal. Ma umkumbuzetha. Baby, I'll be back. It's okay, baby. I'll give it to you in a baby. But he's the one that took you out. And he keeps on doing these things. You begin to realize something is wrong with his brother. It's too stingy to be my husband. He'll be stingy in many other areas. Generosity is very important. Number three. Character trait number three that, that disqualifies a lot of us from being married or makes our marriage to be difficult. You're a non-team member. You're a non-team member. Couldn't find a better word. You're a non-team member. You're too much independent. You cannot fit within a team. Cannot fit within a team. One of the best ways to see this particular trait it's when you go out in a dating. Guys, listen to me. If you're dating, do what I call group dating at times. Go out as groups of girls and boys that are busy dating. And observe your partner from a distance when he's within a group. Number one, see how he deals with the group dynamics. Here Does he cooperate? Or does he come up with issues? Does he have issues with the hundred rand? Ah, no, 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 no. But they will pay for me. You know, he has issues. And number two, he has issues with the captain of the group. He wants to be the one who has the last word all the time. Have you seen these people in a group when, 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 when the, the leader has spoken, they want to speak after the leader has spoken, so that their voice is the last voice, even though they are not the captain of the group. They always want to interfere and question the authority of the group leader. That's what I'm saying to you. Whenever you are in a group dating, you can learn a lot about the characteristics of your partner. Whether this partner, is he a group person? Is he a team member? Can he fit within a team? Because a team teaches you a lot of things. Marriage is teamwork. The two shall become one, the Bible says. In a team, we have we have what I call a vision and a captain. You cannot be two captains. You have one captain and you have the rest of the team that works with the captain towards one vision. The moment there are two captains and two visions, it will cause divisions, which leads to divorce. Because it's a division that leads to divorce. Two visions, two divorce. I mean, a divorce result. Therefore, the reason why marriages fall apart because we don't see the same thing the same way. And there is two captains in the ship. The ship has got two directions. It wants to go this way. The other captain says this way. Can you work within a team? Or are you too independent to be within a team? If you are too independent, therefore you should not think marriage. Marriage requires interdependence. I need you and you need me. I can't function optimally without you. There are certain elements that I need within you that I don't have. You have certain elements within you that I don't have. Remember the porcupine story that I shared years ago. Two porcupines porcupines were found in an island far away and the water became freezing to a point of a freezing point. And they were shivering all by themselves. And they decided to come together in order to warm each other. As they come together to warm each other, watch this. They felt a bit warm, but there was a problem. As they come together, these things are pricking the other one. You know, a porcupine has got thorns around its body. So as I come to you, even though I love your warmth, but your body is pricking me. Your body is pricking me. It's too painful. I'd rather shiver alone than be pricked. No, no, it's too cold. Then they come together again and, and, and start hugging each other. As they hug each other, no, it's painful. And they would stand apart. So look at this whole story. is that in coming together, there's a lot of pain. In working together, there's some pain that's involved. There is always some friction. There is always some differences. There is always differences of, of ideas as we come together, but we can't survive alone also. So we have to try and work out how do we deal with our with our spikes? How do we deal with the things that make us uncomfortable around each other? We've got to find a way around the discomfort that we have. A team has got common goals and has one captain, as I've mentioned. And a team teaches one to be accountable. In a team, you are accountable accountability is one important thing in marriage where you know you can't just do on your own or do your own things. You account to the team. You account to the team. Even the captain has to account to the team. Not just the the members of the team, but even the captain. Actually, the captain is a servant of the team. What qualifies one to be a captain is servitude. If you cannot serve your family, you don't qualify to be a husband. If you can't serve your church, you don't qualify to be a pastor. The most important thing in leadership is service. If I can serve you, I can be your leader. Jesus says, he who wants to be great must first serve. It is in your service that we see a leader out of you. And so is a father in a house. A father who is willing to check if all the kids are safe. If the wife is safe, if the house is safe, making sure that the kids eat and everything is fine, then we can see this man can take care of my children. That's what must attract you as a girl. When he makes sure that he parks at your gate, he watches you as you get into your home, and he makes sure that you are safe. After you are safe in the home, then he waves and then he drives off. Not the one who just drops it then gone. And some, usalwa gate, gaiti upon trungaibulek, yala utsamail, utsamail is gone, it's <laughs> gone. Unwila, ujila, uright. Uitoli lintabagaifuna, uright wahambile. When I shem usalwa gate, see po, what's a songful ligate? Upracho, kate hambi, uktopile kate. And you think this guy will be your husband? He's the kind of guy when, when someone knocks at the door, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Captains. If you watch the Titanic, the captains were the last to leave the ship. They died they died. The captains died in the ship. They sunk with the ship. They made sure that everybody gets out of the ship. They remained. That qualifies you to be a husband. When you are willing to lay down your life for everybody to be well and be a team leader, it's not about you. It's always about the team. In marriage, we account. We work for the team. We don't work for ourselves. We account to the team. We win together. We lose together. We win together. We lose together. When you hear a man say, yeah, it's not me. It's my wife. Yeah. It's my wife who caused this trouble. I mean, you're telling people that? You're showing us how immature you are as a man. You're showing us that you're not the captain. You can't even take responsibility. You're pushing away responsibility. You've got to be willing to say, we have lost, not I am the one. You know when a coach speaks, you can tell if this guy is a real coach or not. A coach who is not a father, will stand up at the end of the match and say, yeah, Nengo Marsh is the one who caused us to lose today. We lost this match. You know, this Nengo Masha guy, you know, I told him, I told him. You know, Nengo Masha doesn't listen. I mean, you're before television. Do you know what that will do to the, this man called Nengomasha when he listens to that? Whereas as a coach, you stand, we do not play well today. We, we do not defend well when we had opportunities we did not seize those opportunities but we will do well next time but well behind the scenes you are able to know. no we rang da no we same in the marriage mama kasofu both in the person twin i want mama kasofu sakhuluma mama sofu uithola ableding kulumaya unamanga mama kasofu akuyona phambi kwemponz These people are not a team. As a team, if one of us messes up, it's our mess. We will correct it later. We assume responsibility. We take responsibility for the team. Therefore, the team loses together and the team wins together. It is what marriage is meant to be. You don't stand up in your marriage and say, yeah, It's always an issue usually when the lady earns more than the man. Unless she's well taught. To understand that this is about the team. He may not have that much money, but hey, you need that testosterone in your home. A man is not always about money. It's about the whole thing. Is he a leader? Is he a caregiver? Is he a father? Even though he does not bring much, but he cares about the house and he has everything that God has placed within a man to be called a man. It's not always about the check. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Number four, I told you I won't finish. I thought I would do ten of them. Number four, character trait number four, that makes you not enjoy your marriage, or disqualifies you for marriage before you marry, an unforgiving heart, an unforgiving spirit. I've already touched on this. An unforgiving heart. If you're unforgiving, forget about marriage. Marriage, I like what Pastor Mkwena said last week, Dr. Mkwena, when he says marriage is a combination of two forgivers, two people who have decided to give a blank check to each other. Whatever your mess, I will live through it i have decided to marry you i am a forgiver the word forgiver i like the way he also explained it but we also taught about it many years that it's to give before forgive you give before in other words before you even do it i have forgiven you just like god has done with us we love you just as you are irrespective of your weaknesses and faults and therefore forgiveness is very important so as a young and single person right now are you forgiving Unforgiveness is second to pride if you ever hope to live with others offense is in- inevitable in other words if you hope to live with a person please know that it will be a daily life of offenses or a yearly life offenses there is no way you'll spend an entire year without offense within your team one of the p- people in the team will speak a word loosely that you did not know that they are able to speak and somehow about but you got to have a heart of forgiveness you don't just say, uh, mm. So, one, mm. Unjal, mm. Nga, when's the little team, mm. Baba's band, band, right? Yeah. TV. Channel. The way I press the remote, I call me. Mm. I can press the remote. Oh, press away. It's just that. offense if you look at english i like the way english puts it It talks about taking offense take say take take offense all right so it's a phrase but the phrase look at the phrase take offense so offense is put in front of you it's up to you whether you want to take it or leave it where it is so it's not about what they said it's about how you took it it's about how you heard it that lands in your heart there are many things that i do wrongly that my wife overlooks for the sake of her heart there's a lot of things that she does wrongly that i overlook for the sake of my heart as well for the sake of my peace I decide to grow up and ignore what she says, what she does. she does. She decides to grow up and ignore some of the things that I do for the sake of her peace. You need to learn how to let go and not sweat small things. Even big ones, you've got to let them go. Don't sweat small things. Peter asked Jesus the other day and said, Pastor, how many times should I forgive my brother who offends me? Should I forgive them seven times, seven times? So Peter even came up with a suggestion. And the Lord says, Thank you for your suggestion. I will work on it. Not only seven times seven, add another ten to it. Seven times seventy, which is 490 times for the same offense. In other words, if you have the ability to write the record until 490, I give you the permission. Okay, number one, Lord. Okay. Number 53. Number 75. I'm counting. Number 103. Offense number 150. <laughs> offense number 205. You're getting closer to 490 now. <laughs> By the time you're on offense number 300, the man is in the grave. when are a petty record. Basically, Jesus was saying, you got to have a blank check of forgiveness. Love keeps no record of wrongs, Paul says. Keep no record of wrongs. Love forgives. Love believes. Love hopes all things. Love believes in all things. You gotta be a forgiver in order to make. Do you have problems forgiving? Then marriage might not just be your thing. Marriage might not just be your thing. Or do you have problems forgiving? Then marriage might just be a challenge to you. Number five. Am I teaching? Should I close? Okay, Number five, secretive. You're very secretive. You're very secretive. I'm talking about character traits that are not compatible with marriage. And you're bringing them into marriage or relationships and things are not working out. One of the things is you are too secretive. You keep secret too much. The Bible says, and the two shall be one. And verse 25 says, they were naked and not ashamed, the man and his wife. They were naked and not ashamed, the man and his wife. They were naked and not ashamed. And the man and his wife. You can't keep secrets and marriage together. The two don't mix. Marriage is for the naked. Both literally and figuratively. (laughs) I like that sentence. Marriage is for the who? Marriage is for naked people. I hope you get me. That's not the married person. right? But that's for the couple seminar, right? I'm talking about <laughs> talking about keeping of secrets. I'm talking about hiding the most important things to yourself. I'm talking about keeping deadly secrets that can kill your marriage. Such as Children that you have outside the marriage and you've never declared. You see, surprise parties and gifts are not deadly secrets. Those are not secrets. They're actually goodly secrets. You're keeping, you're busy buying him a car and you don't want him to know. You're busy preparing him a party. You don't want him to know. Well, those are nice secrets to keep. But hey, deadly ones such as I have a baby outside and never told you. Have you noticed what happens in funerals, especially as black people's funerals. There you are, you're busy reading the riffs. Guys, I advise you, know, before you read wreaths, please rehearse them. Don't just read them live. Sure, so you'll discover things. Standard Psalm, Hamburger, Ustier, Sure. Number two, I know usasemnani. Mzomkulisa no But ngiakta understand the same. Ngikanda telebuse nagelela ngayi mina no number two na mi. Hamba ga understand And the wife is mourning, but she's in pain at the same time. <laughs> Guys, I advise you, rehearse those things before you read them. Some of them just, (laughs) the things that pop up when the man is gone and the children show up, me too, I'm his son. Because they want the heritage. They want to share in the money, right? (laughs) Right? Right? Why they show up at the funeral? Because that's the, that's the execution time. The will has to be executed. The possessions have to be distributed. And if they don't show up at that time, they will lose out. So funerals and just after death are the most opportunistic times when secrets do pop up and marriages, even though there's no chance for that marriage, people are like amazed. How oh, baning so. So as she's mourning, she's also struggling with the secrets that are popping up. It could not necessarily be things that pop up at the death, but also during your marriage, some of these things will pop up. Financial aid, for example, that you are, people that you are helping without your wife knowing, people that you are assisting without your, your wife knowing, or your, your husband, because it could be the wife who's doing these things without their wife. Past relationships that, that, that have an effect into your marriage. I'm not saying that when you meet a guy, you must open up well obviously, when you say that the guy will freak out I mean he will run away he's not coming back <laughs> he's, he's not. I'm not talking about that obviously that that's not necessary to speak about when I talk about past relationships, but i'm talking about but highly bearing relationships that that are troublesome, especially certain types of access. If there is a thing that haunts relationships, I'm going to teach about this one day. It's access. There are certain access that just don't go away. No matter what, she is there at the wedding, right at the back. And she makes sure that his eye catches her eye. You beg it. Begins. And as they pass by, she smiles so that nobody notices. But she say, hey, I'm not gone. Two, three weeks, Joe, how are you doing? I'm just checking up on you. I saw you had a beautiful wedding. I wish you guys very well. But should you need anything, you know I'm always around. Two months later, Joe, are you fine? But you don't look fine. You know, you have a tendency of digging in. Ah, you don't look fine. Go eat, pull away. I know you. You're not looking fine, and unfortunately, Joe. Because very songo la mati munga kanga mai mako. Very nizul. Lapo amans age amakon. attendance of pinda enze ni konala po foot. You've got affectionate connection with these people you've got what they call soul ties with these people and becomes very difficult to let go. Even though you are within a marriage and the marriage provides you with everything you need, but you're not letting go. And sometimes the best way to confront those kind of problems is by speaking to your partner. By sharing what you're dealing with with your partner. Sometimes. I'm not saying that every time you are attracted to a person, you must tell your partner. Hey, baby, today I saw a girl, I like her. Like, okay, so what must I do with it? Another day, baby, there was also another girl today. Like, then there's something wrong with you. You can't keep telling me about people you're attracted to all the time. What are you saying about me? You are indirectly saying something's wrong with me. So therefore, there are certain secrets that you need to let go of that are not good for your marriage, not good for your relationship, such as dissatisfactions that are not expressed. Having dissatisfactions that are not expressed all the time, you're keeping your dissatisfactions within you. You're keeping your unhappiness within you. You don't even let your partner know that there's something you're not happy about. And for many years, you keep that within yourself, yet you're telling Sophie outside of the things that you're not happy about. Sophie will take care of that thing that you're not happy about. Whereas your wife could also take care of the thing you know him about. Just let her know. Let him know. Amen. Oh Amen. What are you thinking? Bishop, what are you thinking? I'm talking about shaking of hands, Bishop. Like oh, you must shake my hand properly. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. <laughs> disagreements that are not told untold disagreements are a problem in marriage untold disagreements you don't agree with your spouse but you don't tell it you don't agree with the way they're doing things but you don't say it you're keeping that it's a deadly secret you got to learn to express your dissatisfactions and disagreements and if you do so God will bless your marriage do not keep secrets if you are too secretive your relationship might not last just secrets alone can destroy your relationship am I teaching I just want to steal five minutes. I know I'm way over time. Lazy. Number six, you're lazy. You're lazy. You hope to make it marriage, but you're lazy. Forget it. abantu lazy. And they're so lazy. They're even lazy to pull the blanket over their head. Oh, baby, can you put the blanket on me, please? Baby, where are you? I didn't to put the blanket on me. Laziness. Marriage is for hardworking people. Marriage is work. Did you know that? The day you get marriage, it's an appointment day for your job. You are hereby appointed in this job. Your marriage certificate is your contract for work. You're here by hired. There are duties of a husband. There are duties of a wife. Of course, there are wages in the marriage. You don't work for free. Oh, no. There's lots of wages. The Bible says the worker is worth his wages. Amen. Hallelujah. Married people say, right? But say, sebenza, right? Sebenza, girl. Sebenza, girl. Sebenza, and Proverbs 31 speaks about the woman in Proverbs 31, all right? It speaks about the following, I like verse 13. She seeks wool and flecks and she's willing to work with her hands. She willingly works with her hands. Look at verse 15. She also rises while it's still yet night. She provides food for her household and a portion for her maid servants. Look at this. This is someone who works. She provides food for her households and portion for her servants. She rises up when it's still what night. This is not a lazy person, right? Look at the next one, verse 17. She girds herself or girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. This is a woman with strong arms. She's a hard worker. She's not lazy to work. It is a calling to be a wife, it is a calling to be a mother, it's a calling to be a father. And if you are a lazy man, lazy even to wash your own body, how will you wash these kids when they come out of your body? How will you take care of a big house that your husband has just bought? If you can wash and clean up your own apartment. Therefore, if you want to be in this institution called marriage, marriage, get rid of your character trait called laziness. If you have any form of laziness within you, no man wants to live in a dirty home. Coming from work, ah, oh, baby, don't know I'm doing. She, I'm doing. baby, why am I all over the house? There's a lot of hard work. If you find a beautiful home, that smelling good, it speaks a lot about the wife, the mother of the house. And they said, but pastor, all of us must clean. Of course, yes, all of us must clean. But if we arrive in your home, all over, who do we look at? No. Look at the mother. I know. I know. know glory be to God but when we find your home it's looking good, it's smelling good you say wow, I know what a wife what a wife he has the warmth of her home comes from the mother of her house I just want to do number seven and close for today and I close for today a loose tongue loose tongue A loose tongue and marriage don't mix Moment you get married, get rid of your loose tongue. Proverbs 31:26 says, "She opens her mouth with wisdom." Not that she doesn't open her mouth, but when she opens it, wisdom comes out. In other words, for the rest of the time, the mouth is closed until wisdom is available within your mouth. Until wisdom is available, don't open the mouth. Keep the mouth shut until wisdom comes out of it. If there is no wisdom, keep quiet. Buzz, bang, baby, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Baby, I'm fine, ah, baby, I'm, I'm fine. You know you're not fine, but you're waiting for the right words. There is a way in which you can build your home. There is also a way in which you can destroy your home. A loose tongue is anti-marriage. You can destroy your marriage by your tongue alone. Your tongue alone. Listen to me, Your tongue alone. Men are sensitive creatures. You can the be- get the best out of a man by saying the right words. You can even get money out of his bank account by saying the right words, baby girl. If you know how to put together words, you can get anything. I taught about Esther, how she won a kingdom by knowing how to approach a king, by knowing how to humble herself, dealing with a very strong, mighty king, very cruel king, but she knew how to package her words. The power of your tongue can destroy or build your family. The Bible says the wise woman builds a house, but the foolish one, hmm, somebody say the foolish one, pulls it down with her hands. That word hands there refers to your tongue. You can pull it down with your own tongue. In a relationship, Danam, you eat your words half the time. I want to say that. In a relationship, half the time, you eat what? You want to. Okay. You just. Alright. I won't say it. I won't say it because I know it will damage her. It will damage him. I won't say it. You eat your words in a relationship. Did you know why the. One of the strongest bones in your body is a skull. I want to repeat, this. one of the strongest bones in your body is the skull, the skull that's why a baby can fall on a head um, oh the child is okay. From birth, the child is fine. How many times have kids fallen on their heads and their heads never break? My kids have fallen over many times from their on their heads. and so oh my God, my kid just fell oh he's okay he's fine. Why is your bones very strong on your head? To keep everything within the brain secret. To keep everything within the brain confidential. You are allowed to think as wild as you can, but you're not allowed to speak as wild as you think. It doesn't matter what you feel at that moment about your wife. Don't say it. If they knew the things we think, who? Sometimes we feel like, hey, okay. Yeah, I love you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> That's marriage. Marriage is for mature people that will not let every feeling out of their mouth. Whatever you feel is your own problem. It's your own thing. It's your own world. You keep it within yourself. Whatever you're thinking at that time. It is not true that all of us in our marriage have thought pure thoughts about our partners all our lives. That's a lie. All of us at some stage, we saw our wives and husbands and some... satan, I rebuke this devil in Jesus' name. <laughs> but you're not going to say that to your partner. You're gonna deal with that feeling within yourself. You're gonna deal with that pain within yourself until the correct words that are salted by the word of God come out of your mouth. And so I love you, my baby. You are the best thing. I love what one MC said the other day when he said, when your wife is gaining weight, don't say, hey, you're getting fat. That's too harsh. Come up with scriptural words like, the image of God is growing. (laughs) God's God's image is increasing. (laughs) You know, some MCs are interesting. God's image is growing. Glory be to God. In other words, find good words for whatever you have. Have a replacement of every word that is not good for the hearer. Every word must bring nourishment encouragement building before it comes out if it does not build don't say it keep it within yourself you are allowed to think whatever you want to think as long as it doesn't come out but as you go and grow you begin to bring in the word of god into your thinking process that's why the bible says whatever is of virtue whatever is true whatever is praiseworthy whatever brings value think on these things Get rid of thoughts that are not godly. But at the moment when ungodly thoughts are in your head, don't express them. Because we can tell what you are thinking from what you are saying. But until you speak, we don't know what you're thinking. We have never discovered your thoughts. It is your own property. Until you have the right words. So, hear me this morning as I close. The Bible says, whoever has no rule." over his spirit, is like a city that's broken down without walls. You have no rule over your tongue. You are like a city that's broken without walls. We can walk in and out of your marriage as we like. We even hear the things that did not happen in your bedroom every day because you talk all the time. So you are like a city that has no walls. We can even find out the secrets of secrets within your home. You tell everybody. Worse, you even write it on social media. Don't express your feelings of your bedroom on your social media. don't let us know. It's okay what you're going through. You will never tell what we're going through in my marriage. you never tell. you never tell. you never know. It's a secret. You'll never know. One expression you'll always find in our marriage. We are happy. We are fine. Look at the teeth. We're okay. <laughs> we are okay. Yes. Glory be to God. But on the day when me and my wife are fighting, you'll never know about it. You will never see me write on my social media, but women are crap, man. Or oh, you will never see me write as, oh my God, what was I doing marrying her? You will always find godly things and goodly things that I say about her. Same with her. Not that I have no faults. Not that I've never let her down. Not that I am such a perfect angel as always, she always speaks about me. But she covers my wrongs. Cause love covers multitudes of sin the bible says learn to griddle your tongue learn to tame your tongue self-control is not only about passions and desires it's also about talk self-control of your tongue i trust that the lord has spoken to you this morning i hope i do not waste your time god bless you and thank you for listening in this morning